This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. It's Friday night. It's the preview show. It's the No Nay Never Podcast! Hello and welcome to the preview show from the No Nay Never Podcast. I'm producer Matt, sitting in for Natalie again this week as she is swamped with work. And joining me as ever is our main man who puts all the stats and information together, Statman Dave. Dave, good evening. How are you? Hi there, Matt. I'm very well. How are you? Uh, Good, thank you. Just kind of, you know, getting over those uh, two defeats in the space of uh, three or four days. It's kind of put a dent in everything. I actually saw a tweet today that suggested that it was a tactical move by Sean Dyche to make him less appealing for any of these Premier League managerial positions that may become available. Um, but I'm Take sure that's not the case. Yeah. Take him on for the team. Well, yeah, you could put it that way. Kind of, yeah, just taking the shine off his uh, off his reputation for for a week or so. Um, it was, yeah, it was a disappointing few days, really, for the Clarets, wasn't it? We, we ex- certainly expected more. From the, from the Palace game at least, um, but they seem to have a bit of a, a, a sign over us at the minute to be able to come and get a result of the turf. And then City, they were just too good. They, they were hurting, I think, from that draw at Newcastle and um, really just wanted to, to get themselves back on track. And they played some of the best football they've played all season, I think. Yeah, we've gone in fits and starts a little bit. We've sort of lost, uh, well, three in a row, wasn't it? We, we lost, then we won a couple of games and now we've lost a couple. We can, seem to be going from... Uh, one extreme to the other. We win a couple of games and supporters saying, oh, you know, we're going on a good run, we're up to seventh, chance of Europe, and then we lose two games. It's like, oh, we're looking down now, we've got tricky games between now and Christmas. So it's it's a difficult one, isn't it? We know in this league um, there's no easy games and there can be times like that where you have um, difficult runs. Our season certainly isn't going to be defined by uh, a defeat to Manchester City, um, but the Palace defeat was a little bit more disappointing, bearing in mind that they only had really two shots on target and scored two goals. And we had had our chances and didn't really take them. So it could have been very different on uh, on Saturday. But yeah, Tuesday, Manchester City were definitely on their A game. Um, and it's tough to play them when they're, uh, when they're playing like that. It certainly is. I, I've thought in the past that we may have become a, a team that goes on these runs. We, you know, we saw last season that we really struggled and uh, in the first half of the season and we couldn't get a win. And then we went on that unbeaten run that kind of um, equaled or exceeded our, our 
top flight uh, unbeaten run record. Um, it do, you know it does feel that, that that this team kind of when they get on a good run they can stay on a good run, but then when they get in a bit of a rut, it, it can be a bit hard for them to come out of it. Um, I mean, looking forward to the games we've got between now and Christmas. Spurs, who we'll come on to in a minute. Newcastle, Bournemouth away, uh, Everton away. You know the the games that could really go either way for us, I think, and we we could find ourselves by Christmas still up in this kind of top half. Um, and, and with a quite healthy points total, or we could find ourselves being dragged down a bit. I think, really. What do you think? Um, with the uh... yeah, it's, it's well, it's really tight. Go on, sorry. Dave. It's really tight in there. You look look at the uh, the points. I mean, uh, we've just heard th- th- this evening when we're recording. Marco Silva's been sacked. Oh, has he gone Everton. now? I missed that one. Um, and, and yeah, they're they're on. I think fourteen points. They're only four points behind Burnley. They're only two points behind uh, Bournemouth mm. in twelfth. So. It's one of those where it's really, really tight. Apart from perhaps the, the bottom two who are a little bit further behind, um, the other teams, there's not really a great deal in it. And any team that wins even like a couple of games in a row can make a real difference to your position in the league. I mean, that Liverpool are far and away at the top. Then obviously you've got Manchester City and Leicester. But everyone down from that, there's uh, not not much in it really in terms of the points. So um, Sean Dyche talks about fine lines and uh, that really is the case in this division. And if you can put a decent run together, you know, back-to-back wins in the Premier League are uh, invaluable. If you can get a win at home and then a win away the following week or, or vice versa, it makes a huge difference. So um, we'll be keeping an eye on it, won't we? And we'll look um, how we do between now and Christmas. But we'll probably have a, a better idea um, by the turn of the year how things are, whether we are you know, pushing on, trying to consolidate, get above that 10th position we, we were in. Um, or whether we're looking down, but there's a long, long, long way to go in the season. Absolutely. So let's, uh, before we move on and look at this weekend's game, um, we the our last two podcasts were both preview shows, um, and at the end of the Manchester City preview show, uh, Dave posed uh, another question for you. The question being, the FA Cup third round match, which took place between Burnley and Manchester City in January 1991, was a first for Turf Moor. But can you tell us the reason why? So, Dave, would you like to give us the answer and then we'll see who uh, supplied correct answers? Uh, yeah, the correct answer was it was the first time that a Burnley home game had been played on a Sunday at Turf Moor. We played... Uh, couple of other previous games on a Sunday. We'd played at, um, at Millwall in 1983, a Sunday game down there. And we'd also played the Sherpa Van Trophy in 1988. Um, but this was the first time that Turf Moor had hosted a, a Sunday game. So uh, we had a, a DM on Twitter from Rod, Rob Thomas, as always, uh, being correct. Um, and he uh, points out it was Colin Hendry who scored that goal. Uh, for City that, that uh, knocked us out of the cup that year. Uh, and we also had another regular, uh, an email in from Bryn Jones. Um, and uh, he was quite uh, quite delighted with that question, had him had him thinking for a while. Uh, but he did supply the correct answer and, uh, and also remembered how um, Bob Lord was very famously against Sunday football uh, when it started back in 1974. Uh, so it was quite a wait before... It actually appeared at Turf Moor. And I think there was another another correct answer as well, Dave, was there that you saw? Martin Barnes had replied to me. I'd, I'd post it separately. I'd done a, an in-case-you-missed-it uh, tweet. 
um, uh, the, on the following day after the uh, uh, podcast had gone live. I think it was probably on the, on Tuesday morning. And Martin Barnes was the first reply back with the correct answer. He knew that it was uh, the first game that had been played at Turf Moor on a Sunday. So well done if anyone uh, anyone else knew that answer. Brilliant. And we'll have another question at the end of this show. Opposition stats. So moving on, looking forwards, next game for Burnley is the trip to the Tottenham Hotspur. Uh, this Saturday, another three o'clock kickoff. And Dave, can you give us some history about Tottenham? Yes, well, the uh, to- the Hotspur Football Club, as they were known back then, was founded in 1882. That's the same year as Burnley, by a group of North London schoolboys. Uh, in 1884, a couple of years later, the club was renamed as Tottenham Hotspur, and they later turned professional in 1895. But it wasn't until 1908 that the club was admitted to the Football League. Uh, but before that, in 1901. Uh, the club became the first and only, to date, non-league team since the establishment of the Football League in 1888 to win the FA Cup. They defeated Sheffield United after a replay. Wow, that's, uh, that's something you probably won't expect to happen again in, in any time in the near future. Um, no, not any time soon. No. <laughs> no, there probably won't be any uh, any surprises in the next bit, but what what are the nicknames that Tottenham have? Uh, predominantly Spurs, surprisingly, um, as an abbreviation of Hotspur from the name, although the Lily Whites is also less commonly used due to the colour of their kit. Excellent. And now the the next interesting bit, tell us about the ground. Yes, well, it's going to be a, a new ground we're playing at on, uh, on Saturday, the brand new Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, as it's currently known, as the club haven't yet sold naming rights uh, to a sponsor. Uh, it was completed nine months later than originally planned. Uh, eventually came into use uh, late on last season, that was in uh, April, um, at an eye-watering cost of over £1 billion, reportedly, which was more than treble the original estimate. So I think someone uh, uh, someone's going to get told off with all the uh, additional spend that they had to uh, do. And it's obviously affected them in terms of the transfers they've been able to make as well. I think they've gone a few transfer windows and not been able to uh, sign players that they uh, would have done previously. Uh, the stadium's situated right next to the location of the old White Hart Lane ground. You may remember that when the um, work started on it, they were still playing at White Hart Lane, and it was kind of on the uh, court, one of the corners, wasn't it, the way it was uh, set up, so that had been part of the process. Um, and they've now got 62,000 seats, which is a huge increase on the 36,000 which been the capacity of the club, uh, what they've been limited to over recent years. Uh, Burnley's ticket allocation for Saturday is 3,038, and that easily sold out long before tickets went on general sale. So we'll have a, a decent following, uh, just over 3,000 clarets down there on Saturday afternoon. Excellent. Yes, yeah, so I think there's quite a few members of the uh, of the Known and Never team managed to get tickets for that. So that hopefully we'll get lots of good pre and post match reactions, and uh, and it'll be a, a quite a good podcast next week when they all get back. Um, so moving on, then back to, to a bit more history. Can you uh, give us some details on Spurs' all time goal scorer? Uh, yes, Jimmy Greaves is uh, Spurs' all time goal scorer, uh, top goal scorer. He scored two hundred and sixty six goals in three hundred and eighty matches for Spurs in all competitions. Um, and Jimmy Greaves has also scored the most goals for Spurs against Burnley with fifteen. Um, it's worth mentioning he also scored another six goals against the Clarets for Chelsea earlier in his career, meaning that his combined tally of 21 is more than any other opposition player. 
probably take a, take some beat in that as well, really. Even even Sergio Aguero's probably got a bit of a distance to go to catch that. He's not even the Thai City player, so yes, I think uh, the long, long way to go on that one. That that may never be uh, be beaten. Hopefully not. I think is the uh, the line on that one. Yeah, no. uh, and uh, moving on for a bit more history, the heaviest Burnley defeat down at uh, down at Spurs. Uh, we've lost two away matches against Spurs by a margin of seven goals. Uh, back in September 1930, we suffered an 8-1 defeat. And in September 1968, the home side won 7-0. And that included a hat-trick from that man again, Jimmy Greaves. There he is again, indeed. So let's flip it over and let's uh, let's have a look at what Burnley's biggest win down there is. Uh, well, there's been three away matches that we've won down at Spurs by a margin of three goals. Uh, two of those were cup matches. Uh, there was a League Cup quarterfinal win in January 1983, which was also Burnley's most recent away win. Uh, a 3-0 win in the FA Cup third round in the snow in January 1963, and also another 3-0 win in the league in April 1955. Oh, so we're, we're properly due a, due a result down there, really. It's been a long time coming. It's been a while. It's been a yeah. while. Uh, just remind us what happened last season when we, were, when we went down there. Uh, well, it was also December we played them last season, uh, coincidentally, when we travelled down to uh, London to play Spurs for our last ever match at White Hart Lane. And that was just 10 days before Christmas. It looked like we'd done enough to earn a point until Christian Eriksen popped up in added time to give Spurs a 1-0 win and all three points, unfortunately. Unfortunately, indeed, yeah. Right, the next interesting point about Spurs and something else that's changed since last season, or in fact, since last month. Tell us about their manager, uh, yeah, we have one or two managerial changes, haven't we? And the latest one in at Spurs is 56-year-old uh, Jose Mario dos Santos Mourinho Felix from Portugal, uh, better known to you and me as uh, Jose Mourinho. Uh, he's now in charge at Spurs, having already managed uh, Chelsea and Manchester United in the Premier League. Um, he does like to keep it quiet, uh, but he won three Premier League titles in his spells at, uh, as manager of Chelsea, and he has a distinguished managerial career across Europe although his most recent spell at Manchester United was slightly underwhelming and ended with his sack in last December. Uh, following the departure of Mauricio Pochettino last month, Mourinho was appointed as Spurs' new manager the following morning. Yeah, they didn't hang about with that one. and uh, They had a bit, of a, a bit of a new manager bounce, but it seemed to be brought back down to earth last night by, uh, by United with Mourinho's first trip back to Old Trafford. So it'll be interesting to see uh, how they perform on Saturday against us. But... We've we've got history with mm. uh, Mr. Mourinho. Absolutely, it'll be an intriguing uh, contest. Let's have a look at the the head to head then. Our all time uh, record for games away at Spurs. Yeah, in total, in terms of all games, we've played fifty eight times. We've won twelve, drawn eleven, and lost thirty five. That's a win percentage of twenty point seven percent. Now that may not sound particularly impressive, but twenty percent, i.e., one win in five is Burnley's average all-time away win percentage in all competitions against the teams in this season's Premier League. Um, And for top-flight away matches only, it's slightly better. We've played 39, we've won 10, drawn 8 and lost 21. That's a win percentage of 25.6%. But uh, since 2009, for the Premier League era matches, Burnley have lost four times and drawn just one out of the five meetings down at Spurs. And I assume that, that one was the one at Wembley a couple of years back. Or did... That was. That was yeah. uh, Chris Wood scoring the late equaliser for the for the point in that game in his uh, debut, wasn't it? That one? It was. It was uh, quite a 
get some debut. Um, so tell us about some of the players who've played for Burnley and for Spurs in their time. Yeah, we're looking back. Players who've played for both teams since the Second World War include uh, Ralph Coates, Peter Crouch, Paul Gascoigne, Aaron Lennon, obviously from the uh, current squad, Dean Marnie, Paul Robinson, Paul Stewart, Mitchell Thomas, Kieran Trippier, and Chris Waddle are just a selection of players who played for both teams. There's quite a few, uh, quite a few contemporary, um, you know, more recent names cropping up uh, this week in in that list, there, isn't there? Yeah, sometimes you've got to go further and mm. further back. I mean, there are a few other players from further back, but there's uh, some notable names, certainly from the last uh, 20 years or so in there, aren't there? Yes. And finally, the uh, last detail for this Saturday's match is, who's the man in the middle? Who's our referee this week, Dave? Uh, we've got Kevin Friend. He was in charge for our 3-0 home win over West Ham United just last month. Um, he's been appointed as a referee for Saturday's match. And Lee Mason is the video assistant referee. Well, we'll see what that throws up for us then. Statman Dave's Stat of the Week. Now, of course, every week we uh, you hold something back for us. You have a little nugget of information that you'd like to share with us. So get, give us your uh, your stat or stats of the week, Dave. Yes, well, we've got two miscellaneous stats of the week this week. So starting off, uh, Burnley's last two victories in away matches against Spurs have both been helped by an unusual coincidence. In our last away win, which was a memorable League Cup quarter-final at White Hart Lane in 1983, two second-half own goals from Graham Roberts helped Burnley to a 4-1 win. And in 1973, for our last league win against Spurs, a 3-2 victory included two first-half own goals, this time from Mike England. And for the second stat of the week... This is going back to season 1960-61. In another match at White Hart Lane in December 1960, Burnley were 4-0 down after 35 minutes. When John Connelly got a goal back to the Clarets before half-time, it seemed like it would only be a consolation. But second-half goals from Jimmy Robson, Ray Pointer and another goal from John Connelly made it 4-4 and a most unlikely draw. Both sets of players were applauded by the referee as they left the pitch. Spurs, of course, went on to win the league and FA Cup double at the end of that season. Wow, some game that was. So how do you feel about this uh, this Saturday's game after these uh, back-to-back defeats? Do you think the Clarets can uh, get a, a point or three away at this new stadium? Um, it'll be a difficult one. We know, well, go- going anywhere away from home in the Premier League, they're, they're difficult matches. And we've seen the historical uh, uh, win percentage is you know, one in five. You're not getting many uh, many wins in there. I mean, and I think... Not got the exact stats for the uh, Premier League, but I don't think it's even quite as good as that. So it's tough. It's tough in the Premier League. It's tough away from home. And it's tough against the so-called big six. Although perhaps you could argue this season that Tottenham um, and their form uh, don't qualify for, for that anymore. And perhaps a, a, maybe a better time to, uh, to to play them than it has been in previous seasons. We've mentioned already that we, we got the point. We are capable of doing that. Chris Wood uh, came on as a sub um, on his debut and scored, got us an equaliser down at Wembley. Um, Burnley sometimes have a, a, a tendency to do well on the on the new grounds. It's a, a new ground for the team, a new ground for the fans to see on Saturday. So um, it'll be one where we're, we're going out there. We have got injury problems. Uh, Sean Dyche has had his uh, press conference today, and there are uh, uh, more than one or two injuries. Mm. We've got a, a long list of injuries, which we, we've been lucky, haven't we, really? Um, in, in probably season to date, we had the yeah. odd injury, but we've not had too many together. Uh, we're missing quite a few uh, players, which might have a, a bearing on things. But I think we've, we've got the squad, we've got the uh, team to um, 
fill in those gaps and uh, go out there and put on a performance. And as you say, hopefully we can get a result and, and reverse the uh, uh, trend of the last two matches, which we've uh, not got anything out of. Mm. I mean, looking at the names that you mentioned today, you'd be, you know, you, you won't be a surprise to see him put it out the same starting eleven as he did uh, on Tuesday night. You know, given that it's a, you know, a big club, a big, you know, traditional big six club uh, away from home. You know, he'll be looking to keep it tight. So, um, I think personally, I won't be surprised. You know, if Westwood doesn't make it. Um, to see that that same formation because um, he does like to you know to stick with a, a lineup and and if his options are limited um, I think you know we could quite possibly see that that same eleven lined up for us on, on Saturday as well. Yeah, I mean it's one of those as well. We, Ashley Barnes is uh, is one who may be pushing for a start. We may look for a slightly different formation, so he's got a few options there. I guess we'll uh, we'll not find out till uh, two o'clock on Saturday afternoon. Fantasy Premier League update. And the second part of the preview show this week is our look at the Fantasy Premier League and an update from that. Now, as we record this on Thursday night, there are still two Premier League matches being played, and so uh, game week fifteen hasn't been completed yet. So this update is for game week fourteen from last weekend, and we will. Uh, collect the data from game week 15 and 16 and bring it to you in next week's preview show. So Dave, do you want to give us a, an update from game week 14 and tell us who the uh, who the movers and shakers and any changes in the uh, the known name of a fantasy Premier League? Yeah, leading the way um, after game week 14, which as we said is the uh, the weekend's games, is still tall Paul, um, but he's got a much narrower advantage at the top with just two points. Um, he only picked up 37 points last weekend, which was the same as Natalie, which uh, must be very disappointing for uh, for him. Um, he's two points ahead of Bennett Howarth in second place on 840 points. And moving up to third place now is Dan Barnes with his team, Duor Deitch. Um, and for a change, I'm going to name check the other managers in positions four to ten this week. Just as a, a summary, we've got uh, going down in descending order, John Sutcliffe, Rob Greenwood, our own Richard Steele, Michael Freeman, Joshua Bedgood, John Pickup and Paul Gibson, all of whom are now within striking distance of those top three places. Very good. Yeah, Richard Steele's doing doing uh, doing good for the known never team within the known never league. Who was uh, who, who was the highest scoring manager this week though? Who who got the most points this last weekend? Yeah, for last weekend, uh, Berrien William Jones uh, scored an impressive eighty-one points, proving it's possible to Ooh. make significant improvements from further down the table as mm. well. So, um, all is not lost. Even if you're uh, in the bottom half of the table, you can have a, a good week and, uh, and make some leaps up the table. And uh, how do yourself and Natalie get on this week? Any uh, any leaps there? Uh, well, no, Natalie had gone down uh, again to 160 seconds. That's uh, back into the relegation zone, into the bottom three uh, with 37 points. That's 565 points overall. Although I had a slightly better uh, weekend, uh, I went up to 125th place with 59 points uh, with 667 points overall. But you're uh, you're ahead of both of us, Matt. Oh, well, by sheer chance more than anything, I think, really. And uh, I can't imagine there were any Burnley members in the Dream Team this week, but uh, any highlights from that? Uh, well, yeah, as you say, there weren't any Burnley players in the Week 14 Dream Team after the weekend uh, defeat at the hands of Crystal Palace. Uh, the highest scoring player overall for last weekend was Liverpool defender Virgil van Dijk. He scored 17 points. 
and Leicester City's Jamie Vardy, who can't stop scoring at the moment, still the highest scoring player of the season to date with 110, although that'll be even more than that now because he uh, obviously scored a penalty, didn't he, for uh, for Leicester in midweek? He did, yeah. I think Van Dijk helped me out a bit last weekend, helped me move up a few places. So, as we said, we'll have another uh, another Fantasy Premier League update next uh, next Friday uh, in the preview show, and we'll uh, we'll keep you up to date. So finally this week, as we mentioned at the start, we have got this week's quiz question. So Dave, fire away and give our listeners this week's teaser. Okay, we've mentioned this match already as Burnley's last away win against Spurs. But who was Burnley's manager when the Clarets went to White Hart Lane and won 4-1 in the League Cup quarterfinal in January 1983? That was the... Uh, Milk Cup, the Milk uh, Marketing Board was sponsoring it that season. So, uh, who was Burnley's manager for the Milk Cup quarterfinal win in January 1983? Okay, if you know the answer to that, feel free to tweet us or message us on Twitter at Never. You can post on our Never Facebook page or you can email us at podcast at net, and as always we'll give you the answer to the question at the start of our next preview show now the preview show is researched and compiled each week by our marvelous statman dave with information from his burnley stats page dave where can people find that if they want to uh delve deeper into some of the stats you've mentioned this week yeah we've got a short link for that it's uh, b uh, bit that's b-i-t dot l-y forward slash Burnley stats and that's all in lowercase marvelous well thank you as ever Dave for coming on and sharing your information and uh, and opinions on the matches gone and the match that's to come this Saturday down at Tottenham um, many clarets will be traveling down so safe journeys to all of you there'll be uh, many members of the known in of a team there if you happen to see one say hello give them your thoughts in a Pre or post match reaction. I don't know. I think Liam will be down there, probably wandering around trying to grab as many voices as he can. And uh, and we'll compile them all and, and put it, many of them out next week in our podcast. This has been the preview show from the No Name of a Podcast. Until next time. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.